I'll kick things off with a word of prayer and then we'll get back into our study. So let's go ahead and pray really quick. God, thank you so much for um, tonight and uh, being able to be together through Zoom and uh, just being able to laugh a little bit and see each other's faces. And I feel like in some ways, even though we're apart and it stinks to not be face to face with one another, the things that we've been doing daily and, and even being on this study has definitely been a help um, just to stay connected and at least see each other's faces. I pray that you would continue to help us day in and day out just to walk with you and to stay faithful. There's just a lot of transitions happening right now and between schoolwork and the future and what's to come and a lot of unknowns. So help us just to uh, think about the things that are right and that are true and stay focused on the things that uh, that we need to stay focused on in order to glorify you. And um, so we're just very appreciative of your grace and your mercy and your care for us. And I pray that you would teach us uh, the things that we need to know tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. So um, continuing off of last week, I really wanted to uh, keep going and, and get on the topic of uh, reading the Bible. And so uh, what I want to do here is just share my screen real quick. And I want to kick things off with the PowerPoint and go over uh, some of the details that we talked a little bit about last week. And uh, and really start to um, head into the next portion of, of our, our topic with this series. So if you, if you weren't with us last week or you weren't with us a few weeks ago, we started this series on Sunday morning, One Thing is Needful, and we are focusing first on our communication with God. And we spent some time just talking about the fact that, um, here we go, uh, this was the picture that I had created uh, just in my mind as I was thinking about the series about if we really, really, really want to walk with God, if we really want to grow in our relationship with God, then it really comes down to our communication first. I believe there's a lot of Christians that neglect their communication with God, and they start to jump right into doing things for God, and eventually those things will completely fizzle out. There's no way that you can be involved in evangelism and discipleship and do it effectively the way that God intends for you to do it without making sure that your communication with God is where it needs to be. And we talked about how that deals with your reading and your prayer and keeping your heart. And we spent a lot of time last week talking about keeping your heart and what does that mean? Um, and so once you kind of get those things down and you start to really work at your relationship with God and you have good, strong communication with him, then you're able to effectively work for him and with him the way that he always wants you to. And as you do that, then you really begin to grow. I just had a conversation yesterday. I started premarital counseling with a couple. And um, it's always a very odd dynamic because I'm talking to them about things that are, in theory, things that they haven't put to practice yet when it comes to the marriage relationship because they're not married yet. And so there are many things that we talk about that I give them principles and I give them theories, but until they end up getting married and they start living day in and day out with each other, they're not going to really know and understand the way they need to. And so um, it's the same thing with the Christian life. There's a lot of things that we can learn and that we can understand and that we can grasp on a theoretical level, but until we begin working those things out personally, then there's a lot that we just don't know. And so that's where your growth starts to happen. Once you start to put into practice the things that you know, then that's where you begin to grow. And that's where really studying your Bible and the memorizing of the Bible and 
getting really committed in, in discipleship and being a good disciple are really, really matters to your growth. And so that's what we've titled strength training and working with God, which we're going to get to in the coming weeks. And then anytime you grow, there's always potential pitfalls. Anytime that you are doing what God wants you to do, the enemy, the world is going to be out to knock you sideways and get you completely out of the game. And that will involve personal sin issues, relationships to get you sidetracked. There's ruts and plateaus, life transitions, et cetera. So we've talked about this picture before. So I just want to hit that really, really quick. So we started talking about focusing on that heart section, the communication with God, reading the Bible, prayer, and keeping your heart. And we spent a lot of time on the section of keeping your heart last week. And our core verse for that one was Proverbs 4.23. Um, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You have to keep your heart intact because out of your heart is where all the decisions that you make come from. And the things that you do that even defile your relationship with God, it comes from your heart. And if you don't do a good job at keeping your heart, then you're going to have no desire to get into the Bible and read. You're going to have no desire to talk to God because you're not keeping your heart the way that you need to. And we spend time talking about keeping your heart is much more than just guard. That's a portion of it. But keeping it even has the picture of tending like a flock or like a garden you are caring for your heart in such a way that you're promoting the growth of your heart, that you are protecting its purity, that you are trying to do the things that are beneficial to it uh, in order to keep it where God wants it to be. So a lot of times for us, the reason why we struggle with reading, the reason why we struggle with prayer is because we're not keeping our heart the way that we ought to. And we talked about how ultimately we keep our heart by giving it to the Lord that we give our heart over to him, that we observe his ways, that his word is our delight, and we obey the things that he tells us to do regardless of how we feel, and God will guard our heart in the process. So we spent a lot of time talking about that last week. So this week, we're going to spend some time talking about reading the Bible and those things that really uh, stand out to us when it comes to reading the Bible and having a good understanding of why reading the Bible is important. And what I want to do here really quick is I'm going to um, stop sharing here real quick. And I want to send out the document. um, So that way, if you guys uh, would like to have that PDF file, you can have that with you. Um, And I'm going to get that here on my desktop and send it out through the chat. All right, so that's sending and it's sent. Okay, so if you want to open up that PDF file or have it for later use, you can do that. Or if you want to write on your own um, you know, journal or write on your own paper, you can totally do that as well. So before we begin real quick, um, is there any comments or any things from, from last week on our, our lesson of keeping your heart that you really want to just talk about? Maybe it helped you in your walk with God last week. Uh, maybe something that you really saw this past week, trying to put those things into practice, or or just any comment about it at all. Anybody want to pipe up and say something about that? If not, that's okay. But I just wanted to give an opportunity for someone to give some feedback or to say something uh, of how it kind of impacted them this past week. Anybody at all? Okay. All right. So, all right, Emily, go ahead. Emily Bothman. Sorry, I was a little late. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, so I was just really convicted because it just, it showed, or you said that um, the amount of time that you're spending with God 
like reading in the Bible or even just meditating on him throughout the day is um, like shows where your heart is right now. And I was really convicted of that because I really let myself get very lazy um, in this time. And um, I kind of readjusted my attitude about some things and I'm like really starting to dig into the Bible. And I um, did a few things to keep myself accountable. And this week has been like really awesome. And in like my Bible reading and stuff, I'm seeing like really cool things and I'm like super excited and God's just giving me exactly what I need. And I'm just like super excited now. That's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Anybody else want to share anything? Okay. All right. We'll have a portion a little bit later where I definitely want to get some of your guys' feedback on that, uh, that part of the lesson. Okay. All right. So, so when it comes to uh, reading the Bible, um, there's some, as I was thinking about it, there's so many different directions that I think that we could go. Um, and eventually I want to get down to like, uh, what's a good way to have like a reading plan or, or what's your guys' ideas of, of your reading plan or something that you've tried, both good and bad things that haven't worked out for you, things that you've tried that really didn't go well, things that are going well, um, or there's times where it goes well, but you just need to have the discipline to do it. Whatever it is, I'd like to talk about some of those things as we work through this lesson. So that way uh, we can just have a discussion because I think this is a topic that is um, easy for a lot of us to struggle with and we need to spend some time talking about it. And I feel like the more that we talk about it, then we can give each other some ideas of things that have, have worked well, uh, things that have not worked well, and things that you've kind of learned along the way. So we'll have time a little bit later to talk about that. So when it comes to reading the Bible, I'm going to go ahead and share the slide again. When it comes to reading the Bible, um, really what I want to spend some time talking about is uh, that the very simple reasons why reading the Bible is a priority, why it must be a priority. And the first thing that I want to show you guys is just this simple topic that God has magnified his word above his name. Now, this is something that is, has been for me in the past. This has been just transformative in my life and the way that I think about things. Because I grew up with the concept that God and his word, it was just something that, yeah, it was important, yeah, it was God's book, and yeah, it was something that was critical, but I did not put it at the level that I should have put it at. Um, in my heart, in my life, I've not really understood the level of, of how much God magnifies and places a high importance upon his word. And if God places a very high importance upon his word, if he magnifies his word uh, the way that the Bible describes, Joe, I want to look at this verse in a minute, above his name, then that is pretty significant. And, and we'll talk about why here in a minute. So he's magnified his word above his name. Now, Psalm 138.2 is the verse that really encapsulizes all this stuff. And so in Psalm 138 verse 2, it says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Now. Before I get into this verse and I explain it, I want to get a couple of volunteers that are willing to um, look up a couple of verses, because um, there's a couple other verses that I really want you guys to, to take a look at. So if that's something that you'd like to do, I just go ahead and do the raise your hand thing, and then I'll be able to, um, let's see here. 
I'm sharing and it's not showing me the, all right, Sam, you got one. Emily, you've got one. All right, so Sam, go ahead and take a look at um, uh, Philippians 2.10. And Emily, go ahead and take Acts 3.6. And let me see here. I'm going to get back to the purpose. Okay, Alana, go ahead and take um, Acts 4.10. Tyler, you can take Acts 15, 26, and I'll get one more. One more person. All right, Emily Baldwin, go ahead and take Acts 16, 18. Okay, so kind of going back to uh, how God has magnified his word above all his name. Let me get back there real quick. And uh, right here. Okay. So... This concept for me has just really blown my mind when I really think about it, that God has magnified his word above all his name. Um, keep this verse in mind when you hear these, when you hear these other verses. So Philippians 2, whoever has that one, go ahead and read that one. All right, Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So at his name... Every knee will bow. And in other places in the Bible, it talks about that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee, every tongue, every person, they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And yet God said that he's magnified his word above his name. There is no other name in the Bible that's like that. There is no other name through which any person is going to submit themselves and say, you are Lord, you are God other than the name of Jesus Christ. And Psalm 138, 2 says that God has magnified his word above his name. So how much more powerful is the word of God than the name of Jesus Christ? That's pretty powerful. All right, we got the next verse. Um, whoever has uh, Acts 3, 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay, so in his name, he ends up healing this guy where he was lame. He did not have the ability to walk. And now through the name of Jesus, he has the ability to get up and walk. That's pretty powerful. So how much more powerful is the word of God? If God has magnified his word above his name. Listen to Acts 4.10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Awesome. Go ahead and read verse 12 to Alana in that same chapter. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So through the name of Jesus, healing comes to this man, again, another guy. And then it says, there's none other name given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That is a powerful name. Listen to Acts 15, 26. Men that hazard their lives for the name Jesus, the name of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Okay, so you have people that are hazarding their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. And then Acts 16, 18. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said, unto the, said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out in the same hour. So even in that act, you have someone that was 
he that you had him casting out this devil out of this woman in the name of Jesus. And so I think it's a little bit overkill, but I wanted you guys to see this pattern. You have at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You have healing that takes place in the name of Jesus. You have salvation is the only name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. You have people that are hazarding their lives and even giving their lives for the name of Jesus. And then you have this woman who was possessed with the devil that they cast out this devil in the name of Jesus. So that's pretty powerful. And then you go back to Psalm 138 and verse 2, for thou hast magnified thy word above all the name. That's pretty powerful. That is pretty powerful. The fact that God would esteem his word above his name. His name is unlike any other name. It possesses power unlike anything else that we've ever known upon this world. And yet God has magnified his word above his name. And I think there's a lot of us that we don't look at God's word that way. We don't esteem God's word. We don't magnify God's word like God does. He's magnified his word above his name. God's very reputation is staked upon the words of your Bible. And it makes sense just from a logical perspective because that's how we get to know who God is. We get to know who God is because of the fact that you have his word that even exists. If we didn't have God's word, there would be no way that we would know anything about God. And so his word must be magnified above his name because that's where we get to know his name. That's where we get to know his personality and his character. And so there are a lot of us that I think we don't value God's word the way that we should. And I think when you look at God's word that way and you see how God treats his word, then it should change the way that we look at his word too. So that's the first point that I wanted to cover. So there's that one, that God has magnified his word above his name. And if God has magnified his word above his name and he places that high of a priority on it, then we should be placing a very high priority on God's word as well. So that's the first one. Okay, let me hit the next one. All right. Um, where did it go? There it goes. Okay. Okay, so the next one to take a look at. So the disciples of Jesus continue in his word and they don't stop. This is very clear from this verse out of John chapter 8. In fact, it was read tonight during the live stream. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. The disciples of Jesus Christ are disciples because they continue in his word. And this is very simply explained, I think, just through logic again. Because disciples of Jesus Christ, they are followers of Jesus Christ. They love Jesus. They follow Jesus. The things that Jesus says, that's what they say. The things that Jesus did, that's what they do. And in order to do that, you have to continue in his word. And so very simply, looking at that point again, the disciples of Jesus continue in his word, and they don't stop. And this is something that can be very convicting because if we say that we're a disciple of Jesus, then his words must be magnified to the point where we don't stop. We don't stop. We need God's words. Every day there should be a deep desire for us to know God's words. And that's where I really love uh, this verse that I didn't put up on your slide, but it's a, it's a good one. Uh, if you got a minute, go over to Job 23, <clears throat> Job chapter 23. Job 23 and verse 12. This one's a good one to memorize. Or at least keep in mind when it comes to this topic. Job 23 and verse 12. 
It says, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That the words of God's mouth are so important and so necessary that Job said, I've esteemed them of greater importance than my necessary food, than the food that I would need on a daily basis in order to survive. God's words are more important to me than that. That if I had a choice between eating food or consuming God's word, I would consume God's word. I mean, that's something that's pretty significant because I think a lot of us, I mean, a lot of us, we like food, don't we? I mean, some people like food more than others, but I love food. I mean, I made this dish tonight that was just amazing. Megan's like, hey, I found this recipe and it would be really good. I'm like, all right, let's just go for it. It was fantastic. It was so good. And yet, I think a lot of us, when it comes to our hunger for the word of God, it doesn't even compare to the our favorite meal or our favorite dessert or our favorite whatever. And so we need to make sure that we have the right perspective because that's how Job looked at it. And that was a, that's a great verse to keep in mind, that he's esteemed the words of God's mouth or the words of his lips more than his necessary food. So that's our second point there, is that the disciples of Jesus Christ, they continue in God's word and they don't stop and they hunger for God's word. It's something that they deeply desire in their, in their heart and in their soul, and they don't feel right without having God's word in them. Um, I know that's kind of how I feel. If I, if I go a day without being God's word, man, I don't feel right on the inside. Um, and when I get into God's word, it's refreshing. It's something that I need to hear. It's something that I need to see. I need to read. I need to put it in, into my life. It's got to be there. So that's another reason why it's got to be a top priority. If we're disciples, it's got to be there. And we don't stop. Disciples of Jesus Christ do not stop getting into God's word. Okay, the next point is why it needs to be a priority. The scriptures bring salvation and everything we need to be faithful. The scriptures bring salvation and really everything that you need to be faithful to God in all circumstances. So our verse for this one is going to be 2 Timothy 3. So go to 2 Timothy 3, and it will be 14 through 17. Again, um, another passage that they had during the live stream tonight. And ironically, it was even shared today during our staff meeting. And I'm like, well, then I guess this is the right passage. All right, somebody read that for me. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. <clears throat> We'd like to do that. All right, Sam, go for it. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto good works. Okay, so the Word of God needs to be a priority because in our life, we have this, this concept of that our salvation, it comes from the Word of God. It's exactly what it says right here. It talks about how in verse 15, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation. So that's something that's in, that is absolutely true. The salvation comes from the Word of God. And so you have uh, that there, and then you have right after it, he says... Uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, I've shared this with you before, um, and it's, this is the concept that, uh, that I learned from a, a pastor years ago. But when it comes to all scripture given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, those are the things that are right. The word of God tells you the things that are right, the things that are true. And so that's doctrine for reproof. It tells you the things that are wrong and it tells you what's wrong in your life and, and the things that you shouldn't be doing and the things that you should be doing. It tells you the things that are off in your life for correction. It tells you how to fix the things that are wrong. So you're going off course. Well, it tells you what to do in order to correct course to get back on track and for instruction in righteousness. And that would be how to keep it fixed. So the Bible tells you just from this verse alone, the Bible tells you not only about salvation, but in 16, it tells you what's right, what's wrong, how to fix what's wrong and how to keep it fixed. So that way you know what to do. Can you imagine not having the Bible? I mean, if we didn't have the Bible, we would not know anything about salvation. If we did not have the Bible, we would not know anything about the things that are true, the stuff that's wrong in our life, how to fix it, how to keep it fixed so we can keep honoring and glorifying God. We wouldn't know how to do any of that stuff because these are direct instructions from God himself. And so those are something really important that we really, really need to consider. And so just because of that alone, the Bible needs to have a high priority in our life. It has to. So that's where we find that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay, let's hit the next one. Okay, so another reason why it has to be a priority is because heeding to it will cleanse us, it will cleanse you, and hiding it in your heart will keep you from sin. Guess where that one's found? Anyone know that one? I mean, we memorized this verse ever since we've been kids, right? In kids' ministry, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Anybody want to quote that one? I know somebody's got it. somebody got to have that one. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Put you on the spot. Who wants to give it a shot? Come on. I know somebody's got it. And don't look it up just now. That's that's the other thing. <laughs> Can't do that. That's kind of like the no-no. I mean, God knows. So we may not, but God does. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Should I give you the first word and then somebody will pop their hand up? Wherewithal? Come on. All right, let's look it up. Psalm 119. Oh, wait, Emily? Okay. Emily, you want to go for it? I think I got it. Uh, hey. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Do I keep going? I don't know how long that Oh, yeah. Keep going. Uh, wait. Can you do that word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Yep. And? Next word. <laughs> thy? Word? Oh, that word. That <laughs> 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 I might not sin against thee. I knew that. That's... I just need to connect them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. These are good verses to get refreshed on okay so yeah so wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way so how does someone clean their way we've all violated god how do we clean our way well it's by taking heed thereto according to thy word with my whole heart have i sought thee oh, let me not wander from thy commandments when your whole heart is seeking god you're not going to wander away from him 
because your heart is in his hand. This kind of goes back to our lesson from yesterday or from last week of how we keep our heart. It's that Proverbs 26, it's not 26, 23. I was getting mixed up. It's 23, 26 or 26, 23. So it's, it's that passage where he says, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. And so giving God's heart is exactly what David was saying in that same passage. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. It's the exact same thing. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. When you hide God's word in your heart, when you memorize it and you believe it, when you hide God's word in your heart, it will keep you away from things that, that really defile your relationship with God. It will keep you away from sin in your life. And that's why, if you've ever heard the phrase um, that uh, sin will keep you from this book or this book is going to keep you from sin, that is such a great phrase because it goes, it is so true and it goes right in line with that Psalm 119. If you're in sin, it's going to keep you out of this book. And if you are in this book, it's going to keep you away from sin. And it is so true. That is absolutely true. And so Psalm 119 is the perfect passage for that one. The other passage that I love for the, the, on this one was um, Psalm, let's see here, uh, Psalm 37, verse 31. I'll just look up that one real quick. Psalm 37 and verse 31. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 and verse 31. Pages are sticking together. Come on. There we go. Um, 37 and verse 31. The law of God is in his heart none of his steps shall slide. When the law of God is in your heart, none of your steps are going to slide. And that's important. It goes right in line with that. So the reason why we've got to make sure that the Bible is a priority in our life, God's magnified his word above his name. And if God has magnified it, then we should too. And his name is powerful, but he's magnified his word above his name. The disciples of Jesus Christ continue in his word and they don't stop. They don't stop. The scriptures, they make us wise into salvation, and they give us everything we need to be faithful to the Lord in all circumstances. And heeding to it will cleanse you, and hiding it in your heart will keep you from sin. These are all very basic reasons about why we should make sure the Bible is a priority in our life. Now, the next one is one that's a kicker for me. So I'll go back to this and make sure that we got this. All right, so I'm going to share it again. <clears throat> So Jesus is the word of God. And so the way that you treat it is the way that you treat him. And this is a concept that's not too hard to grasp. But once we really understand that he's magnified his word above his name, that the Bible calls Jesus the word of God, then the way that we treat the Bible is the way that we are treating him. And that's very important for us to consider. In John 1.1, one of my favorite verses talking about the deity of Jesus Christ and the eternality of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14 in that same chapter talks about the word was made flesh and dwelt among us as Jesus. So Jesus is called the word. He was with God and he was God, but he is called the word. There's a reason why God chose to call Jesus the word. In Revelation 19, 13, probably one of the clearest passages that talks about this, 
where it talks about Jesus at his second coming, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And there's a lot of people that think his vesture is dipped in blood because that's somehow a picture of his crucifixion. Nope, that's already over and done with. He's in his glorified state now. His vesture being dipped in blood, that's the blood of his enemies during his second coming when he comes back with a vengeance. But it says specifically that his name is called the Word of God. And so if that's the case, then, then we need to put a high priority on God's word, upon reading his word. It should have a high value in our own life. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4. This one's an interesting one. We quote uh, Hebrews 4.12 a lot, um, talking about the word of God and what it does in our hearts and in our lives. Someone read 12 and 13. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. All right, Alana, go for it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So here you've got the word of God in verse 12. It's quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it cuts and it divides unlike anything else. I mean, something that goes down to the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, we do not have the ability to judge the thoughts and the intents of people's hearts. We just don't. We oftentimes think that we do, but we do not have that ability. We do not have the ability to cut in between people's thoughts and intents and motives and figure out exactly what's going on. Only God can do that. And so that's something that's a characteristic of the Word of God. The Word of God has that ability to cut right through all of our nonsense, all of the things that we use to justify our sinful behavior. And it goes right down to our motives, right down to the very core of who we are and convicts us of the sin that's in our life. And so... It has the ability to do that, but then verse 13, it changes, because it's talking about the Word of God, and then in verse 13, it says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. So here, the Word of God is a person, and it talks about that, that nothing is, that is not manifest in his sight, and it says, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. That's talking about Jesus. It's talking about the Word of God, and it goes on in 14 to say, seeing then that we have a great high priest. So the word of God is a he who's also our high priest, that's Jesus. And so if that's the case, the way that you treat the Bible really is the way that you treat Jesus. And so if that was your only thing alone, like if that was the only thing that you based your relationship of God upon, what would that say about your relationship with God? I know what it'd say for Matthew. So, I mean, what would that say about your relationship with God? I mean, if you, if you just base the quality of your relationship with God with how you actually treated the physical book, what would that look like? Because that is how we treat the Lord. And even when it comes to how nonchalantly sometimes we can just read his word and just be like, oh, I didn't get anything in it. I didn't get anything from it today. Really? I mean... You're meeting with God. This is God's heart. This is God's mind. The way that you treat this book 
is the way that you're treating Jesus. And so if you're not getting anything from it, it's not because he's not speaking, right? Because he's always speaking. His word is always speaking. It's here for us. The spirit of God, if you're born again, lives inside of you. And he's wanting to communicate the truth of God to you. So if you read God's word and you're not getting anything from it, chances are it's you're the one that's not listening. It's your heart motive, your heart attitude that's getting in the way of God speaking. We need to keep that in mind because God is always a communicator. He always wants to communicate to you. And that really, really leads into our, our next point here, too. So let me get that up here again. Okay, so God wrote his book. Another reason for us to keep it a priority in our life, God wrote his book to personally communicate to you. This is absolutely amazing. When you start to view God's word this way, it is absolutely amazing. God wrote his book to personally communicate to you. And, and I love that. Um, I, you know, when you study church history and you start to work down through some of the facts of church history and you start to really consider what people went through in order to uh, really give us God's word. How many people actually had to die in order for the, the text of God's word to be transferred throughout human history all the way to us today? It is astounding. It is astounding. I mean, our Bible would be full of just blood stains from the martyrs that cherish God's word. I mean, you can read stories back during the time where you had the Spanish Inquisitions and things like that that were going on. Um, there were there were people that were being persecuted and tortured for just having copies of God's word in their home. I mean, it was it was illegal in some places to have just even a portion of a letter of the Bible in their home. And if a government official or religious officials, whether it be Roman Catholic or even some Protestants did the exact same things, if they were to go in and raid someone's home, and if they were to find that you had a copy of God's word in your house, they would kill you and your whole family. I mean, that's intense. People smuggled God's word at times because on the inside of their leather coats, they had a copy, a part of the copy of the word of God written on the inside of their coats. And if they would have been stopped and checked, they would have been killed on the spot. And oftentimes, in a lot of these cases, you would have full families. I mean, you're talking, you know, husband, wife, children, and they would kill the husband last. They would torture the children first in order to get them to recant and to basically swear their allegiance to the Roman Catholic church and to other, other things like that. And, and that's what they would do for people that actually had copies of the word of God. And yet we have the ability to have like eight, 10 different copies of the Bible in our houses. And we're like, yeah, let it sit around and not a big deal. And sometimes we really don't understand God painstakingly used the lives of men and women throughout human history. So we could have a completed Bible for us today. And when we really understand that with our heart, I think we treat it a little bit differently. That God really put this whole thing together because he deeply desires to communicate with you. And that every time you open up your Bible, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to know that God wants to talk to me today. The things that I'm going to read are the things that God wants me to know today. There's something here that he wants me to learn for my life so I can glorify him, so I can not struggle with certain sins, and so I can... So I can glorify him in any way that I can. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. 
And so God has done that. He's painstakingly done that. And so two passages I want to take a look at for this one is, um, uh, let's see here, getting back here, is Second uh, Peter 1. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And um, another verse I'm going to have someone look up is Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. So give me a volunteer that can look up Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. All right, Emily Owens, you can take that one. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. All right, so 2 Peter 1, I want to walk through this, this passage. This is, this is a very powerful passage. So 2 Peter chapter 1. In verse 19, it says that we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Now, th what's amazing about this verse, in just that statement alone, is that when you back up to verse uh, 16, it talks about how Peter says here that, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, and we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ before eyewitnesses of his majesty. So they actually saw jesus christ in all of his glory and all of his majesty with their own eyes and then verse 17 for he received from god the father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount so this is referring back to when peter james and john were on the mount of transfiguration with jesus and they saw jesus transform into his glorified state and they saw him talking with Moses and Elijah, and they heard the voice of God from heaven. I mean, talk about an amazing experience to be able to hear the voice of God the Father, to be able to see Jesus in all of his glory, to see Moses, to see Elijah, to see them conversing with one another, to even hear the things that they're even talking about. And so he says this whole event, and then he says in verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. So the words that we actually have in our book are more reliable than hearing God's actual voice. It's more reliable than seeing with our own eyes glorified Jesus Christ talking with Moses and Elijah. The book that you hold in your hand, you can be more sure about what it says about God and about your life and about the things that you need to know more than any experience that you could ever have with God. That's amazing. And so it says there that we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. This would be a good thing for you to take heed to what it says, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. It's hard to walk around in a dark place without a light. And that's what the word of God is supposed to be. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake is they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So this is the proof text that talks about how the, the Spirit of God is the author of the Bible and how it is our authority. Emily, go ahead and read um, that Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Okay, so in those two verses, it talks about that in sundry times and in diverse manners. So at various times and in different ways, God spoke to us through prophets, through various venues, through different angels, through different things. So in the Old Testament, when you kind of go back to the Old Testament, you start working your way through the Old Testament, 
That's exactly what God did. Sometimes he showed up personally and he talked with people. Sometimes an angel would show up and talk with him. Sometimes it would be um, God showing up and talking to Moses. And then Moses would then talk to the nation of Israel. And that's where they end up writing the law. And, um, and even Moses writing Genesis through uh, Deuteronomy, except for the last part of Deuteronomy, where he actually died in the mountain before they were able to go into the promised land. And so God spoke in various ways and at different times and through various means. And then it says, but in these last days, he's spoken unto us by his son. So Jesus, when Jesus came, he was not only the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophets and prophecies, but he being the manifestation of God, uh, how Colossians puts it, that he is the, um, the, basically the, the Godhead in bodily form. And how Jesus has often said, which we've been reading in the book of John, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the spirit that's going to come, he's going to testify of me. And so him being the fullness of the Godhead in a bodily form, he is the ultimate manifestation of God and who he is and the truth of God. And that's also why he's called the word of God. And he's magnified his word above his name. And so seeing here, just what it says in First Peter, you have everything coming through. Jesus is the manifestation of everything. But now you have this whole thing that the written word of God is more sure than actually seeing Jesus with your own two eyes. And so that's important. And that's why we love the Bible. That's why at our church we say that we should believe it, that we should love it, that we should live it. I mean, it's everything to us because this is the way that we get to hear from God because it's more sure than anything that we'll ever see with our eyes, that we'll ever hear with our ears. It's more sure than any of it. And so you should love your Bible more than anything else, because through it, you'll be able to learn everything you need to know for salvation and for your life and everything about it. And so uh, God, through this, this is our venue through which we can hear from God and we can have that relationship with him. And so that is that is massive. That's very, very important. All right. Let me get back to the uh, PowerPoint here real quick. OK, so. With all that said, with all that in mind, now comes the point where we're going to chat a little bit. I want you guys to give some feedback. Um, so what is your Bible reading plan and your strategy? What kind of things do you guys do? Uh, and maybe you don't do anything right now. Maybe it's kind of a struggle that you have. Um, I'll share mine in a minute um, on what I try to do. I don't do it perfectly, but I do have a plan that I try to follow. And I'll show you kind of what I do so that you can have an idea of, of what I do. And it may or may not work with you. There's a lot of things that I've learned from other people that I see what they do and I consider it and I give it a shot and it just doesn't work out for me. And I have to figure out what I need to do in order to walk with God. Uh, but I would like you guys to share kind of what is your plan? What is your strategy? Um, and if you don't have one, um, then my challenge to you for this week is to come up with one. And if you're not in a good habit of reading the Bible daily, then you need to come up with something that you know that you can do. Um, a great way to start is kind of like what we've been doing uh, daily, Monday through Friday. We've been doing a chapter a day, which a chapter is really not too difficult to do. And um, you can read that chapter and then join us in a conversation and have different questions you might have about that chapter or different observations of things that stand out to you from that chapter. It's been a huge blessing for those of us that have been involved with that. I know some of you guys have school and you can't be involved with that. Um, but others of you, I know you can, and you're just not coming in on those. That's a great opportunity for you to jump in and be involved with some sort of a plan where it's very achievable. 
one chapter a day. And so I'm going to share mine with you. So what I try to do is I've, um, I've read through the Bible, um, you know, for the past several years, I've followed the Bible in a year type program. So I found reading plans on, um, uh, various different websites. I've, I have, um, Olive Tree is a Bible program that I've used. And so I've used some of their reading plans. Um, but I've also really enjoyed the U version or the Bible app and they have some really good reading plans. Some are longer, shorter, but I've just kind of done a Bible in a year because I like being able just to read through the Bible in one year. So I've done that for several years and some years it's gone well, some years it hasn't. But for the past few years, I've tried to really stay on track with that. So this year I decided I want to do something a little bit different. So I found a Bible reading plan that you read the entire Old Testament in one year and you read the New Testament four times. So you kind of go through it once a quarter and you end up reading the New Testament four times and the Old Testament once. So it works out to be about maybe six chapters a day, anywhere between five and seven chapters, but usually six chapters a day. And then um, I'm not much of a journaler. I know some of you guys are major journalers. I am not at all. So, but I wanted to do something because I have found that when I write things down, I remember it a lot better. And so I'll just give you an example of what I did on Monday. Um, so on Monday, Okay, so on Monday, I got my journal here. I put up here um, the passages that I read. So these are the chapters that I read for that day. And I put the date, just so I don't forget in case I have amnesia. And then after I read the chapters, I write out the verses that really stood out to me in these chapters. So whatever verses really stood out to me, I try to write those out so that I remember that those verses stood out to me on this particular day. And then I write about why those verses stood out to me. And I don't keep it very, very long. I just try to keep it short and achievable because I've done journals in the past where um, I've written pages and pages and pages and I get overwhelmed because I really think that I have to somehow do that every day or I'm not going to be godly. It's just stupid mind games that we play with each other. And so I try to keep it very simple. So here's what I'm going to read. But if I just read it, I tend to forget what I read. So what's the verse that stood out to me? I'm going to write that out. And then out of those one verses or four verses or however many, why do those verses stand out to me? And then I just write some simple things about what's going on in my life or what God really you know, showed me from those passages in a way that I can really work those things out or something that I know that I need to do based on those verses. I try to keep it very simple. And that really works for me um, because I'm not much of a journaler. And my life is kind of busy at times. And so I want to try to make sure that I do something to give me some good quality time. But I have uh, a reading plan through the Version Bible app that I go through, and each day I kind of check it off, um, the things that I've read. But I don't want to treat it like just a list that I check off. I do it so that way it kind of keeps me accountable, but I also try to make it personal by incorporating the journal so that way it's, it means something to me a little bit more. So that's kind of what I do. And on the weekends, I tend to just read more, and during the weekdays, I journal a lot more. Um, and so that's what I end up doing. So... What about you guys? What are some of the things that you guys do or things that you've done in the past or uh, how does that work out? All right, Emily, you can go for it. And then we can go with Karen or Jack. Something that I started in about February, I think, um, was whenever like something big would happen um, or anything like that, I would, I'm sorry, Jerry just came in my room. Um, <laughs> Um, I started writing out like my prayers to God 
um, just, and, like, I always, like, after I have my, you know, devotions and stuff, I just, like, pray and talk to him about just what I read, but now, like, writing out that, like, conversation, not, like, what he says back then, (laughs) but, like, just what I'm saying to him, and just kind of, like, writing it out, and it's kind of helpful, because now I'm not just listing out prayer requests when I'm talking to him, I'm actually talking to him about it, and it helps to, like, sometimes I'll go back and read them, and it's so cool to see, like, I don't even remember that I was so worried about that, and, like, I'm fine now, like, that was, that was fine, or, like, I forgot that that happened, I'm really thankful for that, and so that's just really cool, and it's really helped my prayer life a lot, so, sorry, I was really, I was really distracted, so I'm ready to read a little bit. That's okay, you hung in there, you did a good job. Okay. (laughs) All right, awesome. Jack, what do you got? Uh, can you hear me? I can, Karen. Okay, let's go. So, like, um, I try to write out, you know, like, generally what I'll do is I'll write out, like, at least try to write one thing one time a week, and it's just a page. I have, like, a – I got it at – can I flip the camera? I got it at a what's that bookstore and Pam books and yeah something like I don't know I got this and uh, I'll just like one one time a week or maybe if I feel like doing more uh, it it's just like a written prayer uh, sheet or whatever like I'll I'll just it's it's basically me documenting a conversation with God, which is kind of cool. And sometimes I'll include verses. Like I, I did Psalm 38 here. Like I practically wrote all the way through that, but then what's been working for me lately, since we haven't been able to go to church is I'll dig up like old, uh, sheets. Like we did Joshua a while back. Yeah. And we did a study on Joshua eight and I just, I went through all of it like the whole thing, every sheet that I had. And I went through individual verses and just read through it and really dug into it. And my Joshua eight in my Bible is, uh, I, I just, I just like going through it and um, kind of looking at things that we've talked about in the past, because one, it's a good reminder. And two, I mean, it's, it's kind of like having church, but not because when we're not in discussions or if I'm not busy or whatever, I have time to go on the, the podcast or whatever and listen to it. And that's helpful too. So yeah, it's, that's really what has been working for me lately. I still go that's to my, good. you know, original routine, but I'm not like a huge journal journaler. I just like to do it every now and then just change things up. So yeah, that's good. And, and that's one thing that if you don't know what to do, I mean, a lot of the things that we go over, um, and that we have gone over in the past during Sunday school, it would be good to go back and review some of those things. Um, because we go through so much stuff, there's no way that you retain all of it. And that's one of the reasons why we can give you guys some notes. And so, you know, feel free if you are missing notes or if you want a series that we had done, just shoot me a text. I'd be happy to send them to you or email them to you. And I'll include, you know, the ones that have the answers and everything. So you don't have to guess unless you want a challenge and I'll give you the blanks. Um, but it's one of those things that, I mean, I have them, I've done them. And so if you want to go back and you want to do a past study like that, 
um, I'd be more than happy to give them to you. I've done that for many people throughout the years. And even some of the singles that have graduated and moved on that are working through some things in their life or they've hit a certain challenge or they want to be reminded of something, they've contacted me and say, hey, can you send me those notes on, you know, biblical relationships? Or when we did that study on uh, different religions that, that we went through, you know, something on Mormons or whatever, um, or church history or, you know, anything like that, I'd be happy to do that. So that'd be a, a good way to even start if you want digging into some of the things that we've done in the past. Um, that's good. Thanks, Jack. All right, Alana. Okay, so I'm, like, really bad with, like, staying consistent with, like, different strategies. Like, I feel like, like I jump back and forth between strategies. So, like, that's something I'm going to work on. But um, I've done, like, a lot of things that I've really liked. So I'll share a few of them with you. So um, one of them I just did recently. Um, I started writing out, um, I think it was First Corinthians chapter 15, but basically – I write them out like the way discipleship teaches you, like just going down by the punctuation mark. And yeah. um, I just look up like words that stand out to me in Webster's Dictionary and then just write out the definitions. And that kind of helps me like dissect the chapter a little bit. Um, and then another thing, um, for those of you who know who Mark Trotter is, he has... Um, they're in the form of books now, but he has a study, and it goes through the entire Bible, and it's it's a really good study. It's called 52 Days of Pursuit. Uh, we have the books. I haven't read the whole thing, but um, I think I've gone through, like, Genesis, maybe a little bit of Exodus, and it's amazing, um, just, like, the stuff that he points out, and um, yeah, I really like that, and then another thing was journaling. Um, I've been getting into journaling recently, and it's helped um, a lot. I just basically write out uh, my prayers to God, kind of like what Emily said. Um, sometimes I just write, like, maybe, like, something I went through that day that I'm struggling with, or maybe, like, a lesson that God taught me through that struggle. Sometimes I even write out poems, but just anything um, that, you know, helps me keep my mind on God, and it really helps like with my meditation on God. So those are some of the things I've been doing. So, awesome. Um, yeah, I need to work on being consistent with like my strategies. I mean, not that it's bad to like go back and forth, but yeah, I think it's good to have a plan and just kind of stick with it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that's part of trying to figure out what works. I mean, you know, before I was teaching consistently, like in, you know, doing deeper dive studies in JBI, and uh, teaching more consistently like each week on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, I didn't read as much. I studied more. Um, and so I would take a book of the Bible and I would study or there would be a certain topic and I would study and put notes in my Bible. Um, and then now that I'm diving into a lot of those things as I'm creating studies and doing different things like that or even in the Bible Institute, then I'm finding, man, I got to read the Bible more. I just have to read. And um, because I can get so lost in the weeds of things that it's good to read. And so we'll get into more on studying in the future weeks and really how to study and why it's important to do it. But, um, but I wanted to major too, just on the fact that we need to just be even reading God's word. Because the more you just read God's word, the more that it gets into your mind and your heart. And there's something that, and I've noticed this too, that when you study 
like certain verses or certain parts of, scri uh, of scripture or your certain certain doctrinal truths and you're trying to you know pair all these things up it's easy to get so focused on the details that you miss the broader context of what's going on and so it's good for us to just sit and read chapters at a time just because there are things that you, you get in reading a chapter or several chapters or even a whole book of the bible at one sitting that you're not going to get because you're looking through all the different details and the weeds of other things and so um you really got to ebb and flow and kind of work at you know what works for you and trying to figure some of those things out so yeah thanks for sharing that that's good all right Haley, what do you got um, so you were talking about a verse earlier in Hebrews, and it was Hebrews 4.12, talking yeah. about like the word of God being um, living. And just kind of a big part of my testimony um, is like the Bible becoming living and active, like in my life, like it's always living and active, but um, just like me really realizing that personally in my life, because um, I honestly am going to admit like reading just like a book like I do not do that like I don't like doing it like it just mm -hmm. I I'm not like a reader um a heavy reader and even at the beginning of freshman fresh oh my goodness freshman year I had to like get therapy and stuff because like my eyes physically like had issues reading um so that verse is really a testimony of mine because I will say that I like hate reading, but I truly do love reading my Bible. And I'm not just saying that because it's the right thing. Yeah. Um, whenever I read my Bible, it does like, it's kind of like a battery. Like it just like refuels you. Um, and as of journaling, I have like a journal that I write like all my church stuff in. Um, but I also like journal in my Bible. Like I write all over my Bible, like, and things I like really study. I like I'm going to try to like put it on the camera, but it's a computer. So I like write all over it. Yeah. Um, and then I also like to put little like tabs on pages with like verses that I like. And there's a lot of them so that if I, so I can like consistently look at it throughout the day rather than like just reading it at night and then trying to remember it. I like to, you know, like read a verse like when I can. So I'll just like open it to a random like tab that I have marked and read the verse there. Um, as of like plans, I just kind of, well, I'm going through like John right now mm -hmm. because of the study, but I'm also like trying to read through the whole Bible, but like really taking my time doing it instead of trying to read a bunch of chapters a day. Yeah. So it's just kind of go wherever God leads me. And it's really been cool to see how God like finds that exact passage in the whole Bible that I need like every day. It's like that exact one. So yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that too. And and I think the thing that you know, that you can see from you know multiple people that have shared so far is that there's no necessarily like right or wrong answer. You just need to do it. You know, it's trying to figure out, you know, what how how are you going to do this with God? Um, you know, He's waiting to talk to you. You have His book, and if you're saved, you have His Spirit. And so he's just waiting to talk to you. And so, you know, if you're not doing anything right now, just do something. Even if it's something small, just do something. Start somewhere. And as you start to work through it, you'll start to get into a groove of the different things that you can learn. And, um, 
you know, like what we can get into, especially when we get into studying the Bible, different notes that we, that, that you put in your Bible. Um, I know a lot of mine, I had notes. You should see my, my, I have two, I have two Bibles. I have one that when I first came to the church and I started taking like a whole bunch of notes and stuff in. And so I have all that one. And then I have my Bible that I use mainly now. And that's my uh, Bible that I got when I started the Bible Institute. And when we started taking notes in our Bible for Bible Institute, I was really put in a situation of, okay, I'm going to start taking some standardized notes in my Bible. How do I want to do this? And I started really working through it. And I kind of pulled some of the old stuff that I did in with some of the new stuff that I did. And now I kind of have a combination. But now I use certain colors for different things and um, and so we can get into some of that too, um, a little bit later, cause that's important. You should be marketing your Bible too. If something stands out to you, um, you know, especially when you're studying and working through some details of it, you know, have the right pens and, you know, underline and highlight and have the right stuff because it even kind of turns into a little bit of a journal of your life during that time when you're working through some things. Um, I know just even working through the book of John right now for our daily reading, there's a lot of times that we're going through a chapter and there's something that I wrote in the margin either recently or years ago that comes up based on our conversation and it's right there in my margin. And so I'm so glad that I did that. Just a thought that I had or a truth that God really taught me and I've not really considered it that way before. And it helps me. It helps me as I study. It helps me as I work through things. And even as I counsel people, it helps out a lot. So that's good. All right. Anybody else? Emily Owens, what do you got? Okay, so one thing, I used to like to like write out my verses and like go through a chapter and write it out, but I am a super slow writer. Like on days where I used to do that, I'd get through like one, maybe two verses. And sometimes it'd be in the Old Testament, so it's like two verses of the son of this, who was the son of yeah. this, who was the son yeah. of this. And so it just kind of got to the point where it was kind of dragging. So. At summer camp, I kind of had this idea, and I've been doing it since. This is, like, the last one I did, but I'll use, um, like, highlighter and, like, annotate my Bible so it's color-coded. Yeah. And then I have one specific color. It's purple, actually, that once I move on to a new book, so, like, right now I'm in Isaiah. The last one I did was James. So I'll be reading Isaiah and highlighting Isaiah, but when it comes to writing stuff, I'll go back to James, and anything that's purple, I go back and write it. Okay. And so I like it that way because I can keep up with my reading and also write and not feel like I'm just going through it and forgetting it. Yeah. So it works for me, but yeah, I don't know. that's good. Yeah. Like I said, it's trying to figure out what works for you because we got to do something. And so trying to figure out how, how it's going to best, you know, how's it going to fit within your life, your personality and all that stuff. And that's what I love about God is that there's no, like thou shalt write out five verses a day and you know it's like that's not how that's not how it works out this is a relationship each relationship is different and it changes there are days where i just need to read there are days where i just need to study there are days where i need to do both and it just depends on what i'm going through there are days i need to put it all aside and i need to focus on something else because either it's a struggle that i'm having right now or something that i'm working through or something that's just very personal um but either way it's, it's got to happen Awesome. All right, what else we got? Anybody else want to give their two cents? Which now, I guess, based on the economy, would be one cent. So, Jamie. Okay. Hey. Um, hey. 
So, yeah, so um, my, I also uh, agree with you on the U version. If you guys don't have that, it's really awesome. It's got a lot of really great stuff in there. Um, and it's one of the few apps that you can switch the the version to be KJV. Um, for some reason, like a lot of the apps like make you use different versions. But um, the other app that I like to use, it's a girly app. So sorry, guys, but it's called First Five. And um, it's, they do a lot of like through different books of the Bible. And then there's some topical studies and whatever. But um, it's got just nice things, like as ladies that just kind of help me. Um, so I use that app too. But my thing is, I'm not a great journaler. Um, I feel really dumb journaling. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels really stupid journaling, but I feel like I'm just like, I'm like, what do I write? I don't want to talk to myself. So, <laughs> so for me, when I'm reading and I have my plan, I actually do all of my journaling in my Bible. Um, and, and I kind of just write out, like, if you look at my Bible, it's like jacked. Like, if you look at it, people think it's crazy. But um, that's where I do my journaling because I feel like it kind of reminds me as I go back through, like, um, what God was teaching me there. Yeah. Um, and so I do a lot of journaling in my Bible on the pages, which is why I love my wide margin Bible. Um, and I also, I don't know if anybody else has this, um, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but I have like a picture memory. So I can remember colors and places on pages where I wrote things. So it's easier for me to recall things to my memory when I've um, written in my Bible and I've underlined it, highlighted it. Um, and made notes. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what that is. And so when I'm witnessing to people or when I'm, you know, trying to recall something um, that God taught me, like I know exactly what it looked like and where it was. And so that's just how my brain works. Um, Cause I'm a little ADD, but that the colors and the, and the picture type memory works for me. So that's really where I work. And then if there's things that really stick out to me or something that like I really feel like God was teaching me, I, I do write it down, but um, Obviously, like I had this journal for like three years, and I think I'm like a quarter of the way through it. And it's just, I just put the things that he really like, extra things he was teaching me that maybe weren't something I could journal in my Bible that I wanted to make sure I had notes of. Um, you know, things that um, people shared with me that really touched my heart. So I'm not a huge journaler, but those are the things that work for me. And I don't know if there's anybody else that's weird like me, but. Yeah, I'm with you on the, especially the location, because, so I got this, this Bible that I've been using just for reading, because I have so many notes in my Bible, it's good for me to have a clean copy just to read, and so, um, but it throws me off, because as soon as I started reading, I'm like, okay, this is not like my other Bible, because I can go to this page, and I know in the bottom right-hand corner, there's this, and it's this color, and yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Yeah, like I have a Bible, like a work Bible, and it's just like a little pocket Bible, and it does, yeah. it totally, like it throws me off and just how it's like, because it's smaller, and it's not laid out the same, and so I'm like, yeah. ah, like part of me is just like, just bring the big one, because it's like my comfort, <laughs> yeah. and like seeing Bibles actually stress me out, like I like my beat up, yeah. and highlighted Bible, and so, yeah, he's totally opposite, because he likes it to be pristine and perfect. <laughs> my Bible, it just like stresses him out, I think. Nervous. If, if I make my lines crooked, I get pretty upset. 
Yeah. Been known to like make one mistake and just buy one, buy a new one. So. Oh uh, well, and you you know because I've shared the story about the notes for JBI. I worked my way all the way through in JBI, and then when I hit Second Peter, I put First Peter's notes in Second Peter. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> There's yeah, something where horrible. I'm like, oh. Yeah, once you take JBI, once you take JBI, you know that it's like right. it's like insane. Stephen, I don't know if you remember this. The first Bible you gave me to use at your dad's old church was an NAS. Yeah. And I opened it. And I saw words written that weren't supposed to be in there, and I about freaked. I couldn't believe somebody wrote in the Holy Bible. Yeah, well, you're also coming from Catholics, where it's like, right. you'll go to hell if you have your own copy. So I wasn't allowed to read the Catholic Bible. I had to hold it as the priest was parting my hair and all that creepy crap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bobby got it. I had a friend of mine. For some reason, I can't hear you, Jamie. I don't know what it is. Oh, you hear me? Yep. Okay. So I was taking notes in my Bible at lunch in the ER one time, and uh, one of the nurses I worked with, Mike, he was like, oh, "So what are you doing?" And Mike is lost. Days long, like totally lost. Used to be a bouncer at a strip club. Like he's lost. And he goes, "What are you doing? You're writing in the Holy Book of God." And I was like. And you care because? And he's like, you're going to go to hell for that. And I was like, why? He goes, because you can't write in the holy scriptures. I was like, it's a book. Like, I don't, like, this isn't, like, this is the word of God, but this is not, like, defaming God, right? In the Bible. And we had a really good conversation about it, but it was just funny because he's so lost. And to see me writing in the Bible, like, freaked him out. He yeah. was so stressed. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I even get to the point now that I have so many precious notes in my Bible that when I go on a mission trip, I really don't want to take it with me because I'm afraid I might lose it. <laughs> or something but at the same time, it. you want your notes. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, because I'll never forget the time that I was in the Philippines. And, uh, and thankfully, I wasn't at a spot where <clears throat> Tom could really do this to me quite yet because I was still new to the whole thing. But now I know he'd totally do it to me. Where they're like, okay, uh, we're pulling up to this church. You are going to preach today, and you're going to give a 60-minute message on whatever. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Although Brian Brown kind of did that to me when we were in Mexico last year because he told me I was going to preach only one message, and we get there. I know this was the first this first trip where I had some of the adults with us. So uh, we get there, and he's like, this is Saturday. So he's like, yeah, I think you should preach tomorrow and next Sunday too. And I'm like. Okay, I thought I was going to preach next Sunday and I'd have a whole week, but I don't. I have less than 24 hours <laughs> to put something together. So I was glad that I had my JBI Bible with me at that point. So, all right, uh, Jack, what do you got? Uh, I just wanted to go back with, uh, I used to do those plans. I sometimes, like I had the plans on the Bible app and I think you got to watch out for some of them because uh, they're, they're made by like, other people obviously it's not the anybody working at the bible app it's just anybody can make them yeah. so there's some like really wacky doctrine on the bible plans so oh, yeah if, if you're going to use them watch out for them because some of them you'll come across and it's just like i it took me like a couple seconds to realize i was like oh my gosh um this is probably not right because i was reading it and it was like you just need to say no to satan just 
tell them no directly and I'm I'm like you know I don't really know about that one so yeah so just uh watch out if you're going to use the bible app yeah just say no to satan okay yeah. all right so, <laughs> even that's so, going to be a camp t-shirt say no to satan yeah just say no just say no satan all right <laughs> in the back okay all right. Yeah. And that's a good point to bring up because, and, and this is really the truth for, for anything. And again, we're going to probably hit this when we get into studying the Bible a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things you always have to be careful of is the commentary of people. So like if you have a study Bible that has people's commentary in the notes, um, just be very careful about that because there are a lot of people that this is what they do. And I've talked with a lot of people that do this and I used to do this myself too. Uh, back when I was younger. So you would have the Bible and you would read through a passage of the Bible. And then at the same time, they will then have a commentary open right next to their Bible through which they're going to be reading about a guy's thoughts about that passage. And generally what happens in that scenario is that they're not letting the Bible speak for itself and they're not letting the Spirit of God teach them directly. They're going with what the person has said about that passage and they're letting this become their Bible, this become their authority, rather than letting the Bible be the authority. And you just have to get it in your head and get it into your heart that anything any person has made has the chance of it being corrupted because they are not God. It is not God's word. That is man's word. Now, there are great wisdom and great insights that you can get from people. Absolutely. Absolutely but you have to make sure that you're reading with discernment. Some of those Bible app devotionals will have people's commentary in there with them and different thoughts that people have. Um, and you gotta be careful. And that goes with anybody. I mean, even if you're reading Charles Spurgeon, I mean, Spurgeon's got a lot of good stuff. If you read his daily morning and evening, there's a lot of good things that are in there, but it is not the Bible. Um, and so generally, if I'm gonna use a commentary, it's after I've done my reading. It's after I've done my studying just to see what someone has to say. Um, and at that point, I'm, I'm fairly confident in what God is teaching in that passage or that chapter or that book. But there are some things that I could learn that other people have learned from God where I'm like, oh, you know, what? that's good. And but you have to really practice some discernment with that. So um, that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. OK. All right, well, we're hitting just past 9.30. Is there any other final uh, people who want to give their two cents? Okay. All right, awesome. Okay, so I hope this was helpful. I hope this kind of gave you a different perspective on um, just placing a higher importance upon God and his word. Um, because generally, when I start to get a little bit lax in my attitude towards the Bible, it's because I'm not really seeing it the way that God sees it. I'm not magnifying it the way that he magnifies it above his name. I'm not looking at it as a book that he's written personally to me to communicate to me. And when I remember those things like that, it's so much easier to get into the Bible. It's so much easier to stay accountable to yourself and to the plans that you have, and even to your discipler that you might be reading some stuff with, just because you know that God is wanting to speak with you directly. So again, if you don't have anything, my challenge to you is to get something in place this week um, join us with our daily readings. We're doing it from 2 to 3 p.m. every day. We're going through the book of John. We're hitting the tail end of John. We're going to finish it out this week. Um, and then, or at least pretty close to finishing out if we don't finish it out. And then we're just going to pick another book uh, of the Bible to work through and just read a chapter a day. 
um, and get together and chat about it. So that could be a great way to start. Um, or if you want any other suggestions, please, please feel free to reach out to any one of us and we can kind of give you some guidance and some input on all that stuff. Okay, all right, sweet. So we are done. Um, can I get someone to pray for us? Close us out for the evening. I got Jack with his hand raised, but all right, Timmy, you can go for it, Timmy. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for our ability to um, talk still through this coronavirus thing, Lord, and just thank you so much for uh, giving Stephen and everyone that said something about what they learned, the words to speak, and just be able to convey what the message that they wanted to convey, Lord, and just Thank you so much for everything you've done through us through this and keeping us all safe, Lord. And I just pray that you continue to keep our your hand on this, Lord. And just pray that everything goes smoothly with this virus and that it ends soon so we can at least see some of our senior friends before they all graduate and just have some more bonding time before it's all over, Lord. Just thank you so much for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Timmy. See you guys. See you tomorrow if you're going to jump in on us uh, with the uh, reading study. All right. Later. Good night, Bobby.